This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. And I do want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. All right, we got to go over a couple of things here uh, with COVID that I didn't, I, some I didn't get to yesterday. Some are new, and we'll go over all of this because I think it's it's important. Obviously, you need the information, and when there's something out there that is uh, inaccurate, uh, you, you, just, you have to address it, folks. I know that some of you get tired of it, but you have to address it. If you don't address it, then that's how the masses become uh, desensitized and, and brainwashed, for lack of better terminology. Uh, Los Angeles County. Yesterday, I started the show with why won't those dang liberals in Los Angeles, those un-American uh, liberals, why won't they wear their, their darn masks? And I don't have an answer for you. And then we, of course, uh, went to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is warning about, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> multi-partner sex parties as possibly being a reason for it. It's like, hey, maybe that's maybe that's an answer. But the running narrative is that the virus is spreading because there are a small chunk of Americans that are not wearing their mask. And that's a lie. It's just not true. Uh, if you look at the data, the tracking data shows that when we had a reduction in COVID cases in the summer, 77% of Americans were wearing a mask according to guidelines all the time. When we had the spike hit us in September, 77% of Americans were still wearing a mask according to guidelines. So there was no change in the number of Americans who, who were wearing masks with a reduction in cases and then a surge. Right now, there's between 82 and 83% of Americans who wear their mask. We still have surges happening. We're told that this is supposed to be happening because of those darn Trump supporters, those Republicans and everything else. But LA is three quarters liberal Democrat. And LA right now is the epicenter of this thing. LA County has now ordered ambulance crews to stop transporting patients with little chance of survival in the United States of America. It's right there. It's right there at the Los Angeles County Emergency Medical Services Agency on Monday. They issued a directive. Ambulance workers were also told to conserve the use of oxygen in the state's most populous county, which currently has an infection rate of 138 per 100,000, according to California's tracking dashboard. Shouldn't be possible in liberal L.A. And again, this is L.A. County, not Los Angeles. But how's, how's it spreading there? Not a bunch of Trump supporters. Most stringent lockdowns in the country. Hugely liberal pro-science population. Even with, I said this yesterday too, even with Tom Cruise yelling at everybody and screaming and yelling at everybody, they're still having an issue with it. Hollywood finally shut down movie making. Then you've got this pharmacist who tampered with COVID vaccines. So the pharmacist who was arrested for tampering with the, uh, the COVID vaccines, um, apparently they're being called uh, a conspiracy theorist who thought that the vaccine would change your DNA. That's, that's the theory. This is a pharmacist, though. I mean, it's not like it's a quackadoodle on, on YouTube. I'm not saying the person is sane. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. Okay? So this pharmacist thought that. Uh, we do have some some new potential treatments we'll hopefully get to here in a second. Uh, also, anybody who does get the COVID vaccine, and as far as I know, this applies to both of them from Moderna and Pfizer, you're not supposed to consume alcohol. 
So you're supposed to avoid alcohol consumption. Uh, yes, there have been some, some deaths after the vaccine. Uh, initial thoughts seem to indicate that they were an unrelated health issue. Obviously, people who are already dealing with health issues are being vaccinated first um, because of comorbidities. That may or may not work. It all depends. Uh, we also had several allergic reactions to the Pfizer vaccine. Doesn't appear to be the allergic reactions to the Moderna vaccine. So keep an eye on that. Uh, but everybody is being advised, if you get the COVID vaccine, you should avoid alcohol. All right. Uh, the other thing that uh, we have to factor into all of this is that a lot of people are, are pitching a fit because people who have the vaccine are still getting COVID. Well, yeah, you were told that one dose of the vaccine would not inoculate you. So this is not new information. You were told for months that you will have to get two doses before you're effectively uh, supposed to be immune from the vaccine. And that's if the vaccine holds for the new strains that are, are coming out now. There's two new strains now, not just one. So again, I'm only providing this information based on the vaccine. I'm not getting into the vaccine conspiracy theories or anything like that. I'm just letting you know what the information is about the vaccine if you are going to be getting it, if you choose to get it, okay? Uh, then we had yesterday, we were talking about Trump saying that COVID deaths were exaggerated and talked about the CDC and bad statistics for that. Well, the CDC has a history of inaccurately counting COVID deaths. We also went over how Fauci responded to that and lied, <laughs> straight up lied because it's Fauci. Uh, he lied about these deaths not being inflated. We went into the president of the Indiana Hospital Association who lied to you a couple of months ago about hospitals not being paid more for COVID deaths. They absolutely are. This has been fact-checked to the hilt and admitted uh, under, uh, well, I don't know if it was under oath, in a hearing in Congress by Dr. Redfield of the CDC. Hospitals absolutely get extra money for people who die from COVID in their care. It's a fact. They get paid more money too. Uh, from treating people in their care. There's a fund that they can dip into. Does that mean that they recoup all of their costs? No. But they get paid more than they do for a standard patient. That's a fact. Anytime you have a public health official who tells you otherwise, they're lying to you. It's already it's already been documented as part of the public record. Uh, by the way, there is a local television station in Indianapolis who did a fact check on that claim uh, from the Indiana president of the hospital association who said that you don't get paid more. They did in fact, fact check him on that and provided evidence that he was wrong. Okay. Now he knows better. So he lied to you. It wasn't just a mistake. Then, um, I, because I miscalculated my segments yesterday, being my first day back from vacation, I forgot about Bill O'Reilly. Uh, I mentioned that Trump is not alone in making the claim that COVID deaths are exaggerated. We have covered dozens of stories affecting thousands of people who died not from COVID, but their death was labeled as COVID. Some people died before the pandemic and their death was labeled as COVID. And I pointed out, you know, is this widespread? I don't know. To what extent are people being falsely identified as dying from COVID versus something else? And, and is you know, depending on the comorbidity, are they maybe being a little bit too lenient in how they apply the the COVID aspect to the comorbidity? You know, maybe, okay? The, the d dispute about whether or not this is being intentionally done to make money is a valid one to have. But it is factually happening all over the country. And there are people in the, in the health profession who don't want folks to think that there is a nefarious plot to make more money off of the death of people by mislabeling them as COVID. 
And that is a valid defense if that's not happening at their medical facility. But I also had to remind everybody yesterday, the hospital industry and the medical billing industry in the United States of America is universally and uncontroversially acknowledged as inflating your medical bill to make more money than they're entitled to. This is an undisputed fact. It is a talking point of the Democratic Party every two years. This And they're right. So, is it possible that those same people who are getting creative with your medical bills in some hospitals might get a little creative with the COVID numbers? Is that possible? Let you decide that. We already know what has happened. The question is, is it an unintentional paperwork errors or is there some actors out there that are intentionally doing it? And to what extent? I also mentioned in Minnesota, lawmakers in Minnesota have now called for a nationwide audit of COVID-19 death totals because they have found that their death totals are wrong. I went over how England readjusted their COVID death rate 3% lower because they were inflating the number of people who had died from COVID. The United States has gone through at least two adjustments this way. So we know that this happens. It is not a controversial statement for the president to go out there and say that he doesn't think the number of COVID deaths is as high as what the official numbers are. Then there is Colorado. Now keep in mind, all I'm telling you now, this is all relatively new information, okay? In Colorado, there is a county in Colorado um, who have now said that their COVID count is wrong. Grand County, Colorado, 40% of COVID deaths were actually victims of gunshot wounds. Now, if that is a paperwork error, that is a whale of an error. So you've got people in lawmakers in Minnesota going, hey, look, we've got a real problem with our numbers. We've had this in Texas. We've had it in Florida. Uh, we've had it in other states. The United States itself on a national level has readjusted their numbers. Other countries had to readjust their numbers too. And I told you, by the way, to expect that. That would be somewhat normal in kind of the chaos that was happening in the initial surge on this thing and trying to identify who did and who did not actually die of COVID versus something else. But we had people who are dying in car accidents who happened to have COVID and be, they didn't know they had COVID, but their death was listed as a COVID death because they died in a car accident. That's real. That's not fake. I'm not making it up. These are all real stories we've talked about over the past year. So you've got lawmakers in Minnesota saying their COVID numbers are not accurate. We need a nationwide audit of this. And we've got a county in Colorado where 40% of the COVID deaths were actually gunshot victims. And those are just two places. So obviously this is happening elsewhere. Now, the real question is, why are the COVID numbers, the deaths in COVID, are they as, as high or at least close? Okay. If there's some errors that happen that might be just, you know, natural human error, are they anywhere close to what we think they are? Well, there's an epidemiologist who says, no, we're not even close to 300,000 COVID deaths. And they have an explanation why. An epidemiologist, not a radio host named Casey, an epidemiologist says this. I'll tell you what they're saying coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel.
afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Rolled out of bed this morning, and most of you know my power went out over the past couple of days, along with many of you. So we did the hotel stay. We did a news story about that on 95.3 MNC. Did a hotel stay uh, just because didn't want to deal with the kids, and my generator wasn't turning over. I have been neglectful of my generator the past couple of years. I got to get it serviced. Um so we, we went to a hotel and, you know, when you go to a hotel and you're sleeping on, on a pillow that's not your normal pillow and you're used to a high quality pillow and you're used to a different type of bed and everything else, you get kind of stiff and your neck hurts. And so I took the CBD lotion that I've been endorsing for at least a year now. And I, again, I wake up, got that little kink in my neck, boom, just throw that lotion on, pain is gone. Don't have to deal with it again for the rest of the day. You too can have instant pain relief. Go to allnaturalcbd.org. Use promo code KC10 to get 10% off. Allnaturalcbd.org, promo code KC10. Whether you're looking for the full spectrum CBD lotion, which is a lotion, it's not an oil, it's not a cream. It's an actual moisturizing lotion that rubs into your skin. Or you can get the tincture drops that you put under your tongue. Or if you prefer to vape, your CBD. They've got over 80 flavors that they manufacture in-house in accordance with all applicable laws. Go to allnaturalcbd.org, promo code KC10. All right, let's, let's go over this. For those of you who do not know, and this has been the question that has been raised for some time, and I have, I have a serious question about the flu vaccine and why it is pushed so much. Um, so anyway, let's let's look at it. Most of you know I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any stretch of the imagination, but um, there was something just really weird about this. For months now, we have been told that the flu is gone. Where the heck did the flu go? Flu cases, ladies and gentlemen, are down 95.5% this year over last year. 95.5% down. Nowhere, nowhere in all of the hemispheres that are dealing, that normally deal with the flu are their flu, including where the flu originates. I forget which which exact hemisphere it is. It's like a, it's not just the southern hemisphere. It's like southwest hemisphere or whatever it is. There's like no flu cases there either. Okay, so this isn't just something that impacts the United States. This is something that is impacting the world. So the flu is 95.5% down from last year. Okay, well, where did it go? That's the question. There are theories. <clears throat> One theory from virologists is that COVID killed it. COVID is the invasive species and killed flu, and COVID will be the new seasonal flu. That's what we're going to have. And our bodies will adjust and everything else, and pretty soon we'll just be dealing with COVID instead of flu. That's one theory. There are other theories, including theories. Now, here's the thing. Newt Witkowski Newt Witkowski is an epidemiologist. I'm not telling you any of this. I want you to uh, crystal clear. I'm, I've never pretended to be the scientist on this show. I have told you what the data says, what the, the studies say, and what the experts have said. Just the experts that weren't approved by everybody that you see on the nightly news. So Newt Witkowski thinks he knows why there is this issue with the flu. Where in the heck did the flu go? Well, he's an epidemiologist. We should probably listen to this guy, right? Now, 
He is also the former head of biostatistics, epidemiology, and research design at Rockefeller University. In other words, this is a prestigious epidemiologist. This is not somebody who got a mail order degree in epidemiology. This is somebody who knows this and is considered an elite in the field. All right? You're not getting this information from radio talk show host Casey Hendrickson. You are getting this from an epidemiologist of note and prominence. Understand? Since people tend to not listen with two ears and love to write things about me. Influenza has been renamed COVID in large part, he said. Uh Uh-oh. He said the quiet part out loud. You're not allowed to say the quiet part out loud. There may be quite a number of influenza cases included in the presumed COVID category of people who have COVID symptoms, which influenza symptoms can be mistaken for. Remember the PIC number. Pneumonia, influenza, COVID. They're all lumped together in the PIC number. It is very confusing for news readers who don't understand what a PIC number is when they're reading the nightly news from some dweeb at the Associated Press who also doesn't understand what those numbers are when he plugs it into their teleprompter. Okay. So is it possible that we have far fewer cases of COVID than we think we have because they're being misidentified? This prominent epidemiologist used to run epidemiology at at Rockefeller University seems to think so. For the record, he's not alone. I have quoted many epidemiologists and virologists who have said the same exact thing. I don't say it. I'm telling you that they said it. Those patients, he argued, also may have some SARS RNA sitting on their nose while being infected with influenza, in which, in which case the influenza would be confirmed to be COVID. Hmm. Okay. So people are in the presumed COVID category who have COVID symptoms, which mimic influenza symptoms, but are not tested for SARS RNA, may actually have some... SARS RNA sitting on their nose and they are misidentified as COVID positive. So if you're going to test somebody for COVID, you also should be testing them for SARS RNA. So that way you can figure out if it's COVID or if it's flu. And we're not doing that right now. We're testing everybody for COVID. We've gone over the sensitivity of the various tests multiple times on the show. Okay. The CDC Weekly influenza surveillance tracker reports that cumulative positive influenza test rate from late September into the week of December 19th stands at 0.2% as measured by clinical labs, which is compared to an 8.7% cumulative rate from a year ago. So my question has always been, if the flu is basically 96% gone, why was there such a dramatic and serious push for you to risk COVID exposure to go get a flu shot this year? It was a question I kept having. I'm not saying that the flu shot is bad, but why was there such a push for you to go get a flu shot if there wasn't any flu around? Was it simply because of money? Or was there some other potential reason? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe that they're aware that they might be misidentifying COVID cases 
that are actually the flu. Not me saying it. Noted epidemiologist who used to run epidemiology at Rockefeller University saying it. More coming up. 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. You know, yesterday I promised to do something and I ran out of time because I mismanaged my clock. Months ago, you heard me condemn the TikTok nurses. Remember that? Remember when it was uh, it was a viral sensation? Every single day for weeks, you had a new hospital with nurses doing choreographed TikTok dances on the TikTok app in empty hospitals while we were being told that people couldn't get health care and that hospitals were being overrun and everything else. Now, for the record, some hospitals who are designated as COVID hospitals were getting beat up pretty bad. And everything that I say here is not meant to address any of the local hospital situations that we have here in Michiana because some of them are getting beat up pretty bad. I'm talking about on a national and in some cases an international scale. And the TikTok nurses were making me furious because in some cases you had hospitals who could have taken patients and taken them off the hands of other hospitals that were being overworked. But in many cases, you had governors who had closed hospitals like uh, Governor Inslee in Washington State. He closed hospitals and they weren't allowed to take COVID patients. So now we've got the return of TikTok nurses doing choreographed TikTok dances in empty hospitals all over the world now. It's back. It's a new thing again. Why? We've got the biggest surge of the virus happening right now globally. There is no hospital that should be empty right now. A woman in the UK was arrested for filming inside of an empty hospital in the UK while they're telling everybody they're going to go on another lockdown and that all of the hospitals are overburdened and overworked. She's inside a hospital. There's no patients. Why? Then you've got emergency hospitals being dismantled all over the place, including in the U.S., in spite of all of the claims that this is worse than the first wave. Well, then why are these tent hospitals being taken down? I thought we needed them. And again, I know that there are hospitals who are getting beat up pretty bad. I'm not saying that there aren't. It's just I'm wondering why there isn't a delegation of responsibility here. Then there is the ICU capacity. We keep getting told ICUs have never been this full. We've never had hospitals this burdened. Okay, I'm going to run through some headlines in just a minute when we come back. I'm going to run through some headlines and I'm going to make it real quick. They're all from 2018 with the exception of one that is from 2019. You don't want to miss this. Got more coming up on 95.3 MNC. All right, I've only got a couple of minutes, so let's just do this, okay? So the United States is in the midst of uh, obviously a major situation with uh, with COVID and increases, which we've gone over that some of those may not be COVID and how that can happen. Epidemiologist, not for me, from an epidemiologist. We've got TikTok nurses back, a woman arrested in the UK for filming in an empty hospital. Uh, we've got emergency hospitals being dismantled because they have no patients, just like we had after the first wave. Uh, we've got uh, in San Diego, which is having a huge surge in San Diego, an intrepid reporter from KUSI said, hey, what was the IU capacity, ICU capacity in 2019 during that really horrible flu season compared to now? And the doctor didn't know. Dr. Wilma Wooten, guess what? The news agency did their research. You got to love it when there's an actual news agency that will do their job. 
And they ended up finding out that while they were telling everybody, we've never seen the ICU at this capacity, turns out it's at the exact same level as 2019's flu season. What? Interesting. Maybe there's a trend. Okay. Uh, let's take a look at this. Um, the U.S. has set a record for hospitalizations on New Year's Eve with 125,379 hospitalizations from coronavirus. Uh, during the 2017 to 2018 flu season, the CDC estimates the middle number is 808,000 people were hospitalized with influenza. In 2018, flu patients leave Texas hospitals strapped. Uh, spotlight on flu season where hospitals were slammed hardest. That's also in 2018. In 2018, flu outbreak, hospitals facing ICU bed shortage, visitor restrictions. Tell me if this one sounds familiar from Time Magazine in 2018. Hospitals overwhelmed by flu patients are treating them in tents. Also 2018, a severe flu season is stretching hospitals thin. This is a very bad omen. 2019, bad flu seasons test U.S. hospitals. Huh. Kind of goes back to what that epidemiologist was just saying. If you were to ask Marco Rubio what it is, to quote Marco Rubio, the elites are, and I quote, tricking Americans into taking the vaccine. I didn't say it, Marco Rubio did. But those headlines are awfully familiar for something that has never happened before, don't you think? Have a great night, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, make sure you follow me on DLive, dlive.tv slash Casey, the host, theburningtruth.us to get the daily show prep and the podcast. You have a wonderful night. Here's Bill O'Reilly.